When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, episode number 282. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the director of SEO and social media for Advanced Local. How are you doing? I was just noticing. Oh, good. I was just noticing. You really have a good radio voice, you know that I never noticed that before. I've talked to you a thousand times, and it's like. He sounds good on the radio. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's funny. I don't know why. Maybe I'm on drugs or something today. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know what's wrong, man. He's complimenting me. What do you want? Um, <laughs> I love I doing voices with my kids when I'm reading books. They're like, no, stop it. Stop it. Do it in your normal voice. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, please don't do any voices here. That, that would be Well, even just... <laughs> Just, uh, I don't know, don't I'm just do adding it, don't a timber. Do it, no. no, no, I'm not doing it. Just adding a timber or even doing my radio voice. No, nothing. I'm like, oh, man, I would have loved it if my dad did that. <laughs> uh, maybe he did. I don't remember. Uh, or it traumatized me. I have no idea. Okay, so um, let's. Uh, today we're going to, as promised, going to do some uh, back to basics. Uh, thanks to a question from Dave Barbush um, a while back. But uh, first, the news. And why don't you lead? 
Um, just real quick, make sure everybody knows. We last show we did, you know, your final warning, the interstitial penalties rolling out on January 10th. Well, it's now past January 10th. So if you hadn't taken care of it, it'd be interesting to see how your site's reacting because that that penalty that it's rolling out it may have rolled out by the time completely by the time this episode airs um but it's it's in play so be if you if you're having issues and you're using those interstitials this is could be a really good reason why you're having issues all of a sudden yeah um, yeah and it's just rolling out it's not out completely so you know you know, may not you may still have time if you haven't got your button gear yet and it is for mobile only at this point um, how long that will last, I have no idea. But uh, yeah. can you do interstitials on desktop, or is it is it just called pop ups on desktop? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess. I mean, I've seen interstitials on desktop. I just sort of consider them that. But uh, yeah, they make you watch stuff or make you uh, read something and then click to see the content. So what would a pop under be? Would it be that? Definitely wouldn't be an interstitial. I don't know. It's it's weird. <laughs> Ah, there's all these new fangled words from these newbies out there. I know. <laughs> um, the, the, the world today is a changing. Yes. And next we have, as you put it, a mini Mueller file. <laughs> it's a mini one. Just yes. a little one. Yes. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, we've been using this for years. Um, if you go to Google search and you type link colon in the URL or a page, it'll tell you how approximately how many links are pointing to that. Well, I don't know about you, Ross, but I stopped using that many years ago yeah. because it was never accurate. It always only showed you a portion of the links. You never knew which ones it was showing you. And John Mueller on his weekly, um, is it still a video hangout on Google Plus or did they move it over to something new? But he does that video hangout. Yeah, still. But hangout. someone had. Yeah, someone asked, and he just re reestablished that no, do not use the link colon. They won't tell us why, but they're insisting that it's not valuable data, and it's because it's not valuable data. It never has been for many years now. So I just wanted to reemphasize that for those of you getting into the game and you start reading about the link colon, it's not really a useful tool anymore. Yeah, I believe uh, Mueller said that uh, he thought that uh, Gary Eish would say, "Don't use it." Uh, it was kind of weird how he put it that way. But anyways, um, it uh, yeah, yeah, it's useless I'm, anyway. I'm, I don't know why anyone's useful, like you said. Yeah, I'm saying don't use it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was kind of surprised to see it even in the news. Uh, it's but, yeah. but you know I still see that. I mean we've been uh, interviewing people in the Philippines uh, for SEO just to get some assistance on on, on certain projects and and uh, you know some of them are very good and some of them actually I'd have to say the majority of them are aren't bad at SEO but they are using vastly outdated info and it's amazing yeah. like I don't know how well, <laughs> there's a lot of good well, content out there yeah and and that's why when you bring this up today we did say we're going back to basics and if you're getting into SEO for the first time you're just learning it you're going to see stuff like this and you're going to see things that people have been using for many years and have written tons of articles about how you know with examples of how to do this and it's just good for us to, to, to let you know that hey this used to be a, a good tool but it hasn't been for quite some time yeah and big news about oh yeah Yahoo. Okay, we're not going to be able to say that anymore. No, I know. It's so weird. It um, is. Uh, anyway, Marissa Meyer is stepping down. I, you know, so it's I've lost track of Yahoo so much that I didn't even realize she was still up. <laughs> she wasn't oh, yeah. stepping down. So <laughs> she must just be on a, like, she's the last person on the sinking ship, I guess. Uh, yeah, she's, she's still there. Hmm. She's trying her best. 
Oh, good for her. Good for her. It must be It'd hard. Be interesting. It will be interesting to see where she lands, though. She's a very smart woman. I would I would kind of hope she did a startup. Uh, she, she'd mm-hmm. probably do a very good job. Um, but it would be hard. <laughs> and and, for, the, and those, for those new who haven't been in the industry for a while, Marissa Meyer used to be um, one. She was one of Google's first twenty employees, wasn't she? She headed up the the uh, the, the maps thing for many many years, right? She kind of built that up from scratch before she moved over to Yahoo. Hmm. And then yeah. now she's moving on. Okay, so there are some pretty funny. Um, I hate when there's music in the background room. Okay, so I um, just went to a page and the damn music started playing. Uh, I, I when I was reading about Altava, that's the new the new name. Yeah, um, yeah. Yahoo's changing his name. Yeah. We didn't mention that yet. Yes, Yahoo yeah, will no longer be no longer be Yahoo. It'll be well, what, how do you pronounce it, Ross? Altaba. Altaba. That's nice. As far as I know, uh, maybe there's a Yank way of saying it that Altaba. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um, you were not supposed to be doing voices, Raj. Remember, we talked about that's this. That's not voices. The that's show. pronunciation. All right. <laughs> um, anyway, I love that the, the, some of the the, the people's um, uh, thoughts on the name. Uh, here's just a few. I'm going to try and jump through this article quickly, but um, a name that sounded more like infant babble than the remnants of a once promising internet giant. Another person says. Ask your doctor if Altaba is right for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Altaba is Latin for we should have taken Microsoft's $45 billion offer in 2008. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, not to be confused with Alt-Abba, the crypto white nationalist Swedish pop group. <laughs> That's, that's the first thing that came to my mind, too. <laughs> I honestly thought the same thing. Uh, um, Altaba was named using the traditional new media method. Put a tape recorder next to a baby's crib and give it Kettle One. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's nice. a really good one. That's not the best one. I couldn't find the best one I read. It was perfect. Uh, um, oh, yeah. Uh, here's more. Uh, it, it, oh, what's this? Gannett? Will become Tegna in a branding that rebranding that appears to involve Scrabble tiles and a Yahtzee cup. I don't know what Gannett is. I guess that's another one that's changed. Um, Gannett, maybe. Gannett. Oh, okay. Gannett. That's National Newspaper Media Company. They they run USA Today. Ah, okay. There you go. Anywho, not the best name. <laughs> no. Of course, think about it, though. It, it is one of those kind of names that it, you can build a brand around, right? Because it doesn't really mean anything. Just you know, it means less than Yahoo did when Yahoo first launched. Yahoo at least was, you know, you could call somebody a Yahoo. It meant they were a moron. But so you know, people thought, well, why did they pick that? Um, Google really didn't mean anything except there was a misspelling of a very large um, um, number, right? So they can build a brand around it and turn it into something. Oh, interesting. Someone notes here that it's worth noting the name is phonetically similar to Alibaba. <laughs> Alibaba. That's the name of the Chinese internet giant that is part owned by Yahoo. Ah. Interesting. Um, that is interesting. Anyway, what does the name Altaba mean? Let's see here. Um, it doesn't seem to be showing up anywhere in the social... Has anybody actually hit Alt A B A on your computer while 
Oh, you're on Yahoo? <laughs> it's, it, should, it should do something. <laughs> but by computer. <laughs> It'll launch the new Altaba search worm. <laughs> there you uh, go. Yeah. Anyway, not the best name, but I think they should have just gone back to and, and, and they should have bought the name Alta Vista and gone with that. I miss it. Yeah. They, they could have brought Ask Jeeves back too, you know. Was, isn't that... They uh, could have brought him out of retirement. <laughs> Isn't that owned by Disney? I'm not sure, but you know, the, the, the commercials for Verizon, and now they have the guy that used to say, can you hear me now, is now saying, I switched, and now I'm listening. So they can do the same thing with that. Steve. Switch him <laughs> to a new brand and just have him go. Well, one of the articles I read, it was so good, it included the um, video for the original Lycos commercial. I posted it on Facebook. Oh, it's so oh, funny. Oh, wow. So funny. Oh dear. Okay. So yeah, have you read? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if their plans. I don't know if their plans are to stick with being a search engine. Have you read into that? So once they rename and Marissa Meyer drops out, are they still planning on trying to be a search engine, or are they going to go to one of their other verticals that they've been working on so diligently over the past few years? That's a good question. Uh, it's email service, sports verticals, and various apps is uh, part of. Um, the Verizon it's, purchase. How so big of a deal? Who knows? Is this? Uh, oh. I, w- I would. <laughs> so, so if you if you're one of those people that had a, a Yahoo email address for years, are you going to have to switch it to a Altaba email address? Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. It says here the new name is meant to be a combination of the words alternative and Alibaba. Huh. That's a strange idea. I wonder if that's true. Well. I don't know. All right. Okay, enough of that. Yeah, that's totally beat to death. Um, Okay, so uh, let's, uh, before we jump into the next theme, uh, this is the bulk of the show, I think we should take a quick break. And uh, next up is how to develop a new site that is SEO ready. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. 
Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Jamming and spamming, cashing in the clicks. SEO is always in session, only on Cranberry Radio, cranberry.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Okay, how to develop a new site that is SEO ready. This is... Uh, so, yeah. so here, real quick, what's the difference between SEO ready and SEO friendly? Exactly. Um, well, in this case... Uh, maybe it's just based on Dave's question, which I was about to read here. So Dave Barbush okay. asked, I guess what I'm really looking for, you know, he was asking about some more basic SEO tips, um, is how to develop a new site that's SEO ready, meaning I'm not an SEO, but I want to set the plate for them as best I can. Is there more that I can do besides having two to four keywords mentioned three or four more, three or more times on a page? Ugh. Okay. <laughs> first, first stop with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We will impart what we can here. Um, but I want to. I want to make sure we're clear, though. So we'll, we'll talk about SEO ready versus SEO friendly. But but from this question, he's talking about a brand new site, and I think that's how we're approaching this, right? So if it was a redesigned site, there's going to be some other steps from an SEO perspective that you have to do that are critical that we're not going to talk about today. So. Think of this as you're launching a brand new site from scratch. There's never been one in existence before. Um, not, I got my site and I want to, I want to relaunch it and change it and make it better. Yeah. All right. Just want to set that framework there. Yeah, it's a whole different list, isn't it? I mean, there's aspects, of course, that are the same, but there's quite a difference order and a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Very good. Uh, so first of all, just even, yeah, developing a new site, this SEO ready, we're we're kind of approaching it as okay. You're going to do the SEO to a degree yourself, and then bring in an SEO. But we have noted in our list here at what points you would bring in an SEO professional if uh, in an ideal case. Now, SEO ready versus SEO friendly is there well for the simplest. For, we're talking about a simple episode here, so I would say from a simplistic perspective, there's not much difference. Would you? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, SEO ready is to me, you've you've got the bare bones done, and SEO friendly is you've really done some work to optimize, yeah. right? I guess that's where you you, you place it different. And from his question, he's that's exactly what he wants. He wants I need the bare bones so when it when I do bring in an SEO, he doesn't have to do a lot of core work to have, be effective and 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 show results, and that that makes sense. Okay, so um, I tried to roughly order this. Uh, you were John. So uh, in step one, um, you know, before you even get going on anything, and this does not happen enough, uh, people need to plan and establish their site expectations and goals. Um, this alone, when I work with clients, can take a couple hours of talk. I mean, it, 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 at the very least. Mm -hmm. it, 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 and in some cases, they don't have any of this planned. It can take a lot longer and sometimes less if they've already got a plan. I've had some clients that are 
way more organized than I ever expected. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I've sat with a client and said, first question you ask is, okay, what do you want your website to do for your business? And they look at you like the deer in the headlights. They have no clue what you just said. That's a good and, question I get. <laughs> That's what <they> yeah. Say. <laughs> okay, well, scratch out my page and start to square one here. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, I mean, this alone could be a show. Um Goals and expectations. Well, I mean, one of the questions that I think of from an SEO's perspective is, are, are you talking local? Are you targeting national? Or is it international? Is it all of the above? <laughs> is it a mix? Uh, um, if it's local, that does play a different role from an SEO's perspective and how the site could be laid out. Um, certainly, some of the... Um, the content details that should be on the site, um, the uh, schema, that's uh, the markup that happens in the background of the page. Um, there's a whole number of things there. And now uh, you're noting some very important things too here. So I'll, I'll let you just jump in on those. Yeah. So, so, you know, other than what's your target market, you have to understand what's what's the goal of your site. Are you putting publishing a site to to drive brand awareness? You know, to to, to if people are doing due diligence and want to know more about your brand, or, or really strictly about brand and awareness, are you publishing a website to drive leads to your business? Maybe you have a business that runs off of leads. Um, maybe your business is direct sales and you're doing e-commerce online and you want direct conversions on your site. You have to understand what the goal of that site is. What are you trying to accomplish? from a business perspective and then to, to Ross's point now who are you targeting from a marketing perspective are you targeting just your local neighborhood because you're a local pizza shop that you're trying to get your branding out there or are you are you what you have a product you're selling online and you want to sell it nationally there's different strategies and different thing, ways to set up things based on those types of goals it makes a huge difference yeah and even down the line when we're configuring Google search console all the things they get a little more advanced um, and this part of you know, a lot of these questions can be answered quite quickly if you've done your your homework and prepared a a, a business plan or at least a marketing plan. Um, and I just mean off offline one even. Just you know, these are a lot of the questions you have to answer before you get into this. Um, and just to point point to Dave who asked the question originally, if you are are doing a website and you want to set the foundation and then you're looking to have an SEO work on it, if they don't ask you questions about your goals first thing, go to the next candidate and find somebody else. <laughs> Fire them, yeah. I hear you about to say. <laughs> yeah, do, do not hire them. Find someone who asks those questions first and foremost. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I take great pride and, and I make it very clear to clients that's the first thing I need to know. And because the que the answer, uh, well, the reason is very simple. You want to deliver business to them um, and you need this information. Um, you don't just get a ranking and any old ranking and move on. Uh, that's a fly-by-night SEO company, in my opinion, or at least a very poor one. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, you need to be a uh, well. Like I like to say, when we're working with our clients, we're, we become their marketing department because uh, we work with a lot of small and medium-sized businesses that may not be able to afford an SEO in-house or even a big marketing department. So we uh, are become an extension of them. It's it's funny, Ross. Um, you you know Daryl Long. Um, yeah. I used to work with him many years ago, and he and I were doing a little bit of consulting on with each other at one point. And we we registered a domain. Um, we were going to market ourselves, and the name of the company was Our SEO Team. So when when someone was in the marketing department and said, you know, said, "Oh, we need some help. Somebody get a hold of Our SEO Team." So it was like 
we were already part of their company because that was the name <laughs> of our brand. Nice. Well, you just gave a great idea to everyone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we still own that domain or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a that's a good idea. I like it. Yeah, and, and it's exactly I, I think part of the reason why uh, I've had what success I have is that we try to do that, and, and it's a very important part of our business is is offering that value at. Uh, so many businesses don't. They just they, like you say. They just I don't know. They just le- seem to lose interest once they've got the client. That's a shame. Yep. It's like their their emphasis is closing the business, not not providing the service. Right. Yeah. You know, we have uh, this is our twentieth year, which is kind of cool. And uh, very cool. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Yeah. At some point, I'll make an announcement or something. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's overwhelming. There's always so much going on. <laughs> but uh, it, it and it and we've got one client that's been with us twenty years, the whole twenty years. Wow. That's. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I, I'm going to get an invite to the 20th anniversary party, right? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, we will not be flying people out, though. So, um, but you guys, you Americans get great deals out here. <laughs> okay. And it's nice. what 30 uh, percent. So, yeah. as, as long as your couch is available, I'm good. It is. It isn't. It's a fancy <laughs> new one. So there you go. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, so the next part is, yeah, and you crossed out keyword appropriately um, and said topic yeah. research. Yeah, Actually, true. before before we get into that, this is the point. Before you start yes. the next step is where you, if you can and you have the opportunity, this is where you want to bring in your SEO. If you're, if you're hiring somebody externally or you have somebody internally that's helping you, this is where they need to start getting involved. Um, so, so again, back to the original question, you know, we're going to set the framework if you're going to bring them in later. But if you have the opportunity, this is where they need to start working with you. Yeah. So, Dave, um, I realize what you're saying is make the site SEO ready, get the structure, get everything done so they can work on it. Well, this is more of an ideal situation where we're actually brought in during the planning. Um, so, yeah, just to reiterate that and make it as clear as possible. All right. So topic research. Um, yeah, these days, uh, keyword research isn't quite the, the word for it. I just still use it because, frankly, I get that all the time from clients. But topic yeah. research. It's, it's muscle memory, right? It is. It totally is. Um, what is the topic, uh, the, the various topics people are searching for? So we're looking at keywords, yes, but keywords that are related to a topic um, mm-hmm. and uh, semantically related. Just it, that's, it's, it's important to know. Um, what key, what keywords are being used for the topic you're, you're targeting for the specific areas of your site? Um, you don't just do it for your uh, one. And well, I guess if you've got only one thing you're offering, you can do that. But in most cases, there's sections of a site that are targeting different things, and you can get more uh, uh, fine tuned. And this is this is actually a really good place to help a, a future SEO um, because one of the First thing is you use this topic research for is the architecture of your site and helping build out your navigation. Because if you can really identify very clear topic areas that relate to your business or products and services, you help organize and structure your site that way, that's going to help your SEO in the long term. Absolutely. Okay. Um once you've done your topic, okay. sorry. Well, we're one, one more thing about topic research. I, and I've, I've talked to too many clients, and if you're doing this on your own, be aware that when you're talking about what kind of content and topics you're going to have on your website, it's very important that you step outside of your 
business owner or business management persona and step into your client's persona when you're doing this research. It's much more important for you to um, answer the questions that the clients are asking about your products and services than try to think of what you want to tell them about your products and services because many times those things do not mesh and it's you're going to have much better chance of getting good organic search traffic if you're answering questions than telling them things that, that they're not even asking about, right? And and time on site and you know just pure dwell time. I mean, they're going to be on your site. They're going to be interested. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, it, it took me a little embarrassingly long time to really grasp that people, when they come to my site, don't really give a damn about me, you know, about the business. They're a little bit, mm-hmm. they're, they're interested, but really they're there because they want help. They need something fixed. They need an answer. They need a solution. And, uh, so, you know, we gradually <laughs> over time switched up our message and what a difference. <laughs> did, 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 did I ever tell you, Ross, just in the, just, it was last year, I finally came up with an answer to the question, what do you do? You know, I'm an SEO and I tell people this, well, what does an SEO do? And it literally took me almost 20 years to come up with a simple answer to that question. And it's really tied to this. So the, the, that, that really, if someone says, what do you do as an SEO? I say, well, Really, it's based on the assumption that Google's job is to find the best answer to a question, right? So anytime you go to search, you're doing a question, you're asking a question, Google's giving you the best answer they can find to that question. As an SEO, it's my job to understand how they determine what that question, the best answer is and help my clients build those best answers on their websites, Right. So it's all about the questions people are asking in search, your topic research, your content research and creation, all that stuff should tie back to what are people asking in search? What questions are they asking? Nice. I like it. Um, Okay. so once you've done your topic research and and you've clearly outlined it, um, you should have a very good grasp of what um, what words are going to play a a strong role in, in, in the work you do. So. Now you can choose a domain. Now, we, I say this uh, with one clarification. That is that keyword filling a domain is not going to help you. Uh, it has no impact on search results directly um, or whether or not your site will rank. However, if, for example, you are a pizza place in a town um, and you manage to find a domain, um, let's say, Victoria Pizza, dot ca or dot com or whatever it is that would be a good one to get and the reason why is if someone's going to link to you um, if they're going to mention you they're going to say oh check out victoria pizza because that's and, and they'll use victoria pizza.com it just there's a synchronous synchronicity to that that works well and then you end up with an anchor text to your website people mentioning mm-hmm. your business using those words all those things do add up to improving your overall um, visibility under phrases that are re- related to that and I would go as far as saying these steps that we just talked about wouldn't be bad to do before you name your business because you're much better off. If you're starting a new website, I'm assuming it's a brand new business too because any business that's never hasn't had a website till now is already way behind the game. So I'm assuming you're starting a brand new business because you're launching a brand new website. If you find that you can get the domain Victoria Pizza and you haven't named your business yet, name your business Victoria Pizza too. Right. Because it's it, there's a lot of reasons why in different areas that, that the name of your business and your website should be very close, if not the same. 
Great. But but Ross's point is great is great as well. If you can get those kind of names, Victoria Pizza, and you can name your business that, that you're you're way ahead of the game from 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 the local search perspective. Yeah, definitely. Now you mentioned researching domain history too, right? Yeah, and then it's very hard to find a domain these days that hasn't been owned by somebody at one point. I mean, it's it's very very hard to find that, especially ones with that that are. are have common words in them um, are specific to locations tied to common words or um, brands for businesses that that have common niches right so you know Bob's Pizza there's a good chance there's almost a hundred percent chance that Bob's Pizza.com has been registered somewhere in the world the, the, so so since your domain is probably not going to be you're probably not going to be the very first owner of this domain you want to check the history of the domain if you can, and there's there's a few tools out there that can do it, but you want to make sure that somebody that owned it in the past didn't do things that would damage the domain in the eyes of the search engines. Maybe it has a massive penalty on it from an existing or a previous website. Um, one of the things I would do is go to, to some of the free backlink research tools like um, Open Site Explorer, uh, Majestic, and just see what the backlink history of the site looks like, see if there's any issues there. And if you're not an SEO, this this is, again, why you should probably have an SEO in there at this point. It, it might not be something that you understand, um, but it's also very important because if you buy and plan a brand new site around a domain that has a massive penalty on it already, that it's going to hurt you big time um, from an SEO perspective. Or it could even um, have a, a kind of a, a negative tone to the type of links that are being pointed to it, too. Exactly. Go to archive.org. It's a site that um, tries to archive the entire Internet. Type in that domain you want to buy. See if there was a site on it before that was archived and see what that site was. It was with any luck, it was not a porn site, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> Or it was a pizza place that had extremely poor reputation. Exactly, that kind of thing. Yeah, and you can so, research that as well. Do what you can. To, don't just say, "Oh, look, I got this cool domain. I can't believe I bought it for a hundred bucks." You know, make sure you understand the history behind it, if if at all possible. Or maybe they bought it for a thousand bucks or something through one of these these uh, uh, bidding systems. I mean, it, it, yes. anything could happen, and that would be pretty tragic. Uh, Very true. All right, so that's just one aspect of it, but uh, I think uh, choosing domain is a pretty major step. Uh, the next would be choosing a platform. Uh, you, you know, um, I always, uh, oh, not always, but most of the time I, I push towards WordPress. It's very familiar. It's very uh, uh, simple to use in many ways. Um, mm -hmm. You will never have a problem finding a developer for it uh, at affordable rates. And uh, there's tons of plugins that make life a lot easier when you're doing optimization. Um, and once you know, you know, step up that, those, that goals and expectations section, once you've got that complete, um, you will also have an idea of what kind of plugins you need if you're going to use a platform like WordPress to perhaps fulfill some of those. Well, one obvious one is an SEO plugin. You're going to need that to get the rankings or, or help you with them. Um, but you're also, you might need a, um, a newsletter, uh, pop-up or something, something that you know has a good reputation. Well, it's time to do a little research. Uh, determine what these are before you use them, and mm -hmm. uh, that can make life a lot easier when it's time to launch. And, and remember that, again, going back to the goals piece, if you're in e-commerce, maybe WordPress isn't right. Maybe you want a more of an e-commerce platform like Magento or something. Mm -hmm. But if you only have one or two products, maybe WordPress is the right thing. 
so you have to look at this platform selection based on the goals of your site. What are you trying to accomplish? And I agree. I'm a big fan of WordPress, a big fan of Magento, but there's other, you know, fairly good platforms out there. One thing I will note, even WordPress, which is probably one of the, the most SEO friendly CMSs out of the box, there are configurations that need to happen to make it even more SEO friendly, right? Oh, yeah. So there are things you can do to every one of them to make them even more friendly, you know, SEO friendly. And one caveat, too, is I, I don't want to say completely avoid them because there are situations where I've been quite impressed, but it's extremely rare, in my opinion, uh, to find a good proprietary system that you don't mind investing everything in. Cause, so if you find a content management system that's being built by a specific vendor, well, you might be in hot water if that vendor goes underwater and doesn't go well and you know runs out of goes out of business perhaps updates don't happen enough uh perhaps uh their rates increase they start charging more on a monthly basis on an annual basis uh maybe changes to the site are difficult maybe you can't add any uh, custom programming to it it's this all of these things i've run into it's it's pretty insane how many problems can come from a proprietary system try to go open source or um yeah uh, consider using a hosting platform which i know you want to mention I was going to say considered not using a hosting platform. Well, <laughs> hosting some platform. of them you can, but well, well, you can. It depends again back to your goals. So if you're just doing branding, um, you could probably get away with those hosted platforms. And a hosted platform, what we're talking about is one of those companies. Um, Wix is a good example where you 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 log in, they give you an account, and you can drop and you know drag and drop and build pages of your website on their platform. It's kind of a self-service thing. You can get domains for that and have it run on your own domain as well. One of the problems I have with that as an SEO and when I'm working with client sites from SEO, if they're getting into SEO, they really understand you know the need for SEO. Um, one of the problems from the technical side is most of these hosted platforms won't let you fix issues when they're found because what happens if you find an issue for a client on a hosted platform, you say, well, you need to fix this. The hosted platform won't change their platform to accommodate one site. They make a change, it's going to go across the board to all their sites, and they're not going to do that for one client. So if there's a technical issue that, that doesn't quite work right for them, it's not going to be able to be fixed, which is why unless if you have anything close to a complicated site, any e-commerce, uh, doing lead gen, you know, if you have a lot of content in your content strategy that you're doing, um, complicated stuff, stay away from those hosted platforms. But if it's just a branding play and you're just going to go out there and you're going to you're going to basically treat it like a blog and get your name out there and maybe have a, 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 a page for your your local search stuff targeted to your business location. That's fine, but there are going to be limitations. If you wanted to put, they say you wanted to put location schema markup on your location page, you might not be able to do that because they'd have to be able to do that for every one of their clients and not just you. Right. And, and uh, yeah, so hosted platforms, one example of, of a platform, I can't remember the name of it actually, but type of platform that has been helpful somewhat for, for prospects, at least that I talked to. Um, were photographers. There were some pretty decent photography sites out there or platforms that, you know, it's very graphic intensive. There's lots of really cool plugins they could use. There's a lot of real mm -hmm. estate ones too that do a very good job, um, but uh, they're not all created equal. So you got to do your homework if you're going to go that route and be aware of those downsides we mentioned. Okay. Uh, let's, <laughs> yep. No, I was going to say, this is another good place if you have the opportunity to get an SEO to help you evaluate these platforms. 
Absolutely. And uh, someone you trust, obviously you don't want anyone who's going to be just saying, no, 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 you need to use mine. Because <laughs> uh, that exactly. happens too. All right, uh, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about some uh, wireframing. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm. Online anytime. This is Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Welcome back to SEO 101 on Cranberry.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So once you've got uh, the platform picked out, uh, it's time to do a little wireframing, at least in an ideal situation. I mean, not everyone's up to this task, but there's some great platforms like Mockflow. That's one of my favorites. Um, and some other ones you can buy that it make uh, – there's tons of them now, actually. I think they've kind of come under their own uh, – um, there's quite a few out there that have launched over just the last two years, I think. Um, and let's talk talk about what wireframing is. And I think wireframing in our next poll, we're going to talk about the idea of frames versus custom, you know themes for a CMS versus custom design. And I think wireframing really fits primarily for those people who are doing custom design. But talk a little bit about what it is. Sure. So wireframing is a simple way of using just just black and white, using lines to create a rough outline of how a page is going to look from a graphical or a, a pure. Uh, structural perspective um, you generally although there are some like Mockflow that allows you to upload images but in general you're just going to be putting in box here box there this is what this is going to be you get to put notes in uh, then you can even outline functionality for specific aspects of the page and what it allows you to do is quickly drag and drop and determine what looks are going to be best um, you can run it by a conversion optimization specialist if you decide to hire one. Um, and, and they can give you some more input on exactly what kind of layout it's going to do the best for 
uh, the kind of goals and expectations you have. Uh, but what I love the most about wireframing is how simple it is to to see how something might look and just you know it, it can get be pretty difficult these days with using design it's getting better but uh, uh dragging right. and dropping can be quite clunky yeah and where this comes into play from an seo perspective and i've, I've got these from clients in the past on a number of occasions and where you get a wireframe and you're looking at it from the seo perspective you can look and see okay where is the navigation located and how is it structured? Um, do they have enough area on the page for actual text-based content or is it all just one big image? Um, what's in the footer? Are there links to, you know, how does, you know, it really gives you an idea of how the page is structured from a internal linking perspective and a content placement perspective, probably more than anything. Yeah, and I usually at this point, uh, if you haven't brought an SEO in, uh, this is definitely a point where you could you'll, you'll benefit from some input. I try to get involved at this stage uh, for every contract uh, because you know I could look at a page and see what uh, John essentially mentioned there too. But you know, you think about okay, this is a big box. Is this really going to be an image? Okay, what image? Have you got an idea? Okay, how are you going to make that look good and still not take a ton of download time? Okay, great. Um, now, in terms of this navigation menu, is it really going to fit all the menu items you want? Um, how is that going to look in mobile? Uh, these are big questions. Um, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, the text is important as well, and also any technology they want to include. Uh, it's, you know, we don't have the answers to everything, but we'll certainly be able to tell you if more research is required or if there's obvious stumbling blocks. Yep. Now, the next part, choosing a theme or custom design. So if you decide, um, all right, so this is the wireframe, this is what I want, all right, now, you can go hunting if you're going to use WordPress, go, there's a ton of different sites, and try to find which um, themes tend to fit with what you want. You can find ones that are, are pre-created. These are, these are themes that, uh, uh, on elegantthemes.com, that's the one I like to use. Or a number yeah, of them. But you can also find ones like Divi that allow you to structure just about any way you want. And there's 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 two different basic kinds. of There's the free themes and there's what they call premium themes. And free themes are just anybody and everybody creating a theme. with And, and, and you really have, don't have a lot of... I personally don't have a lot of trust in those because if 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 somebody wants to embed something nasty in a theme, it's usually in a free theme. Um, if it's somebody just learning how to code, they'll put it out as a free theme and could have issues from that perspective. Free themes aren't usually updated as much and kept up to date when WordPress or whatever CMS you're using updates. So I try to stay away from the free themes, primarily because the, the premium themes are very good looking and considering this is your website for your business and it's going to be around for a long time extremely cheap you can get a really really nice good looking theme for under 50 bucks yeah right yeah so there's no reason not to go that direction yeah exactly and if you want to have a little more control let's say you don't find a, a pre-created theme that looks right uh, i mentioned divi there's also thrive um, these are different Almost, they're, they're, they're themes, but you install them and they work as a platform in a sense. Uh, yeah. Platform's the wrong word, but they allow you to to structure the site using drag and drop interfaces that are just mm -hmm. awesome. I use them all. Yeah, the Genesis time. is another, Genesis is another good one. It's not drag and drop like that, though, is it? It's not drag and drop, but it's a really good framework. Yeah, yeah, and that's way more complicated in terms of uh, uh, newbies, I would think. Uh, Divi literally is drag and drop, and so is Thrive. 
Um, but I, Genesis has definitely got a learning curve to it. But it's huge, huge compliments to it, though. I mean, there's a lot of people use mm-hmm. it. Uh, and you'll have a lot, much more flexibility if you use a system like that. But, you know, that learning curve is, is, it's not insignificant. And the one that just to make sure we note that the, the, the ones we just talked about are all WordPress related. There are going to be yeah. different ones for things like Magento and other CMSs. Yeah. You can tell which ones we lean towards. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Magento and Joomla are, are decent platforms by, you know, definitely, but, uh, I've, uh, I've had many a headache working with them, so I yeah. try to stick with WordPress when possible. Drupal's got a lot better over the past few years, but it used to be a pain as well. But now it's gotten a lot better. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah. But they also have their own learning curves um, significantly. Are there, are, there, are there any CMS platforms that you would completely stay away from? I have at least one in my list. Um, not coming right to the top of my head right now. I'm sure there so are, the one, but... The, the one that drives me crazy every time I get a client using it is SharePoint. Um, Microsoft oh, SharePoint God. is a back-end system to help an intranet. And at some point, Microsoft decided, hey, we can take all this information they're generating in their back-end of their business and just publish it on the web and make it a CMS. So they added CMS capabilities to SharePoint, and it's just horrid. It's uh, if, uh, <laughs> SharePoint uh, was horrid by itself. I couldn't yes. stand it. You needed to have a freaking degree in it before you could use it. Never exactly. mind. Exactly. <laughs> Web. Oh. Hopefully, Microsoft's not a sponsor this week. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Microsoft as a sponsor, that'd be all right. Uh, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, we've got to start whipping go, whipping through this. It's going to get along here. So um, we might have to do, we have, might have to do a part two next week. Yeah, we might. Um, so after you've you've done that, you've found your theme or custom design. It's going to fit the wireframe. Does you know what you want to do with that? Um, now you have to create a site plan. What is going to be the architecture? You might have done elements of this in the wireframe, um, but you can get a little more advanced here. In fact, there's lots of great. Uh, well, there have been in the past great articles on SEO architecture. Um, again, this is pretty high flute and stuff. Definitely want to get an SEO involved if you can. But specific site architectures work best for different types of businesses or different targets, different, um, uh, well, if we're talking e-commerce, it's dramatically different than a standard website. Um, if it's an informational site, you'd want to have it in a different format. Um, the one that's most common for the simpler of sites, I mean, it still works for the more advanced, but it's a little more difficult to explain, are, is siloing. Uh, you'll find a lot of content or a lot of information mm-hmm. about um, website siloing. And you just search that, and you will find uh, some good tutorials. Yeah, in, in, in general, what it is, is it's topic siloing. So you you create you – know, we talked about keyword research applied to navigation at, at the beginning of the show when we first started talking about this. And if you have three different topics that you know are really important to your brand, and you put those in your top level navigation and, and you, you have topic A, then all the all the content under that topic is going to be related to topic A. And that's, that creates a silo of content around that topic. And that's what we're talking about primarily when we talk about siloing. But it also works in e-commerce because you have products that can be silos, a silo yeah. of products. You have all the shoes and all the pants and different silos, right? Um, but as long as we're talking about architecture and e-commerce, one thing I want to bring up and then will help your SEO in the long term don't build a website that's an e-commerce site 
that relies solely on your product inventory to drive organic search traffic. Make sure in that site architecture somewhere you have other places other than your inventory and your catalog, wherever your shopping area is, that you can publish content related to your products, whether it be a blog or a knowledge base area or some other silos that you've identified from a content perspective. Don't just have products on that site. Have other areas for content. Excellent advice. Okay, so um, architecture not being the simplest of, of things to plan, but once you've got that done, now you have to plan the page structure and the content. Uh, this is probably the more time-consuming. The page structure, not so much. I mean, you've done elements of that already in the wireframing, but uh, content most certainly. Uh, page structure, you might change on a page-by-page -page basis. You might not have gotten that granular with your wireframing, um, but uh, ensuring, you know, is, is video going to be on this page? Is image going to be on this page? Where do you mm -hmm. want to put it? Um, that's basics of page structure. Um, and, and there are some page structures that, that are pretty common. The About Us page, the Contact Us page, mm -hmm. the Location page, a Product page, a Blog Post page. Those are pretty common across the board. And if you know you're using one or more of those, that's a place where you can really step in and say, okay, this is what a product page looks like, yeah. or this is what a blog post looks like. And that, in I most cases, the sense. theme that you're going to use is going to have those templates built in. Um, even yep. Divi has uh, some of those in their template library within the theme. So you can just go in there and say, I select, I want an About Us page, and it'll, it'll load a default layout that you can then edit. Um, now, the content, though, this comes right uh, full circle around to what David mentioned here. He says, uh, um, you know, uh, having two to four keywords mentioned three or four more times on a page. <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't worry about that. The, the, the days of that are, are, are long gone. Well, we, we obviously want to make sure that the, the page is extremely relevant to what we're trying to, the topic we're targeting. But you don't have to be that uh, focused on a keyword. Um, you're going to be able to put this way more eloquent, eloquently than I can, John. I, I, I guess the, the thing to think about when you're thinking about content being placed on a page is make sure when you're laying out the design and structuring the page that you leave enough room for a lot of content. If you if you build a page design and you have like, you know, here we can put a paragraph of content here, you're going to be restricting what your SEO can do. Um, search I think it was Search Metrics did a study that came out um, early this January or I think it was either early this January or the end of December this year that, again, they go through and they analyze about 10,000 search results pages and look at all the results and analyze those results, and they, they give a lot of data. And I always look to see when I see that report of, of what is the average amount of content on a page that ranks on the first page of Google out of their, their research. Um, it went up again this year. This year, the average amount of content on a page is 1,200 words. Wow. Right. So if you only leave enough room for a paragraph of text, you're really, really, really strangleholding your SEO to, to be able to perform well for you. Make and sure there's room for a lot of content. Now, just keep in mind, though, you know, that's that's correlation. You know, um, there's other issues that would be driving those pages. Maybe because they, they've created such a great piece of content that it got shared well. Um, there's but we're, again, we're talking about an average across 10,000 oh, yeah. search results with 10 listings per. So we're talking about a, a million listings looked at, oh, yeah. an just, average of 1,200. I'm just saying that it's not just because the content is 1,200 words that it got that ranking. 
it's that's true. Yeah. But but I'm, but the average. So yes. you, so what this means is that the 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 pages that have less content are not doing as well as the pages that have the average, and the pages that have more content are not doing as yeah. well as the average. I so I, the argument would be made then that 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 having that amount of content generally is what it takes to impress people and get the the, the kind of yeah. uh, metrics you need to get that ranking. Yeah. Now the the trick with having that amount of content that that I've discovered is it's hard for content creators sometimes to stay on topic when they have to write that much content about a topic, yeah. right? I, I see they, they diversify the topic and then they end up going in different directions and targeting different things on the same page, which actually reduces the efficiency of that content. So that the trick there with that much content is make sure you stay on topic. And then John has to crack the whip. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we have one more section left. I, I, again, we could do a few episodes on this, but... Um, Let's jump into design. Um, now, if you're if you're going with one of these pre-created themes, well, a part of that's going to be done for you, but you're still going to have to add the graphical elements. You're going to want to ensure that any graphics that you put in the site are optimized uh, or not compressed. You actually call it optimized, um, but it's the same concept. Uh, you want to ensure that they look good, but also have small file sizes whenever possible. Um, you'll want to make sure that any video is properly rendered um, that's embedded perhaps in a third-party system versus YouTube. Pardon me, because if you have YouTube embedded on a page, you're also going to end up having ads. And frankly, that does not look all that good. Uh, <laughs> I like to use, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, brain fart. Darn it. Vimeo. That's a service? That's yeah. a service? Wow, man. <laughs> That'd be a good one. Vimeo Pro. Um, uh, it's gone up in price a bit, but it's still extremely reasonable, and it allows but there, you to... But there are, there, are, there are many advantages to putting up with those ads using Google, though. I'm just saying, don't make a decision just based on, on the ads. No, Well, no. Uh, what I tend to use is YouTube as well, but I don't embed it on my page necessarily. Maybe on a blog post, but not on my main, my, let's say, my homepage. You know, I want to make sure I'm using uh, something I can control. Um, but yes, I'm sure there are instances where it would work otherwise. Um, if, if it's WordPress, install and configure any plugins, um, build any key, per, key performance indicators based on step one. Uh, so ensure that you are, um, building in your analytics, any kind of analytics components that you wanted to uh, track. Can we go back? Can we go back to the plugins thing? Let's talk about a couple of significant plugins, especially since you mentioned WordPress. Um, there are a ton of SEO plugins out there. There's a ton of plugins that will impact SEO. Uh, the 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 two that that I say that are must-haves from an SEO perspective are um, the the standard WordPress caching program to to really speed up the 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 load times of WordPress, and then the Yoast. Those are the two off the top of my head that I'd say make sure those are installed and activated. And then when you're using Ghost, remember, it's not just a plug-in that you install and it's working for you. You actually have to use it. It adds functionality and features into your WordPress admin that you have to be able to utilize to get the value out of the plug-in. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's, in fact, I think we've done whole episodes on plugins. <laughs> there's a lot yeah. to talk about there. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, building the key performance indicators based on step one. So, again, that could be a specific plugin again. It could be um, ensuring that you've got uh, certain buttons on your page uh, within your site tracked using Google Analytics. 
Um, there's a whole learning curve around this, but there are yeah, certain things yeah, you can do. I, I, I was going to say, make sure you install Google Analytics. That's critical <laughs> yes. for your SEO. There you go. Make sure that you make sure you set up Webmaster Tool Google Search Webmaster Tools. Dang it! <laughs> make sure you get that set up before you hire an SEO, because that's one of the first <laughs> things they should ask for as well. Same thing with with Bing um, Webmaster Central. Get those set up on your site and collecting information. And there's a lot of things in there that need to be set for your site by your SEO. Um, the sooner you set up analytics, the sooner it starts collecting data that your SEO can use in the future. Um, those things can be done right away. Absolutely. And before you launch the site, uh, or at least on the very moment you do, <laughs> make sure that site is secure. Um, and if we're talking WordPress, um, which we might as well just be talking WordPress at this point, <laughs> um, definitely include the proper plugins and have them uh, set up by an expert. Um, or at the very least, if you can't afford that, just set it up with something like Securi, um, or what's the other one that's uh, popular? I, I've got to I've got to actually have a deck. I presented WordPress security many years ago, so it's an old deck. I'm sure there's new stuff on SlideShare about WordPress security. That's got a lot of good tips about how to change your admin name, um, how to move your login page, all that kind of stuff, which is higher end security for WordPress, but it's still it's going to help protect you in the long run. So if you go to SlideShare and search for my name, there's a there's a, there's a deck in there about WordPress security. Great. Yeah, and it's something that. We have so many people that come to us as new clients that are first coming to us because they need uh, – the word has gotten out that we can fix hacks, and we can. We have a, an amazing developer that does, and he, he gets in there, and he fixes them and finds out what went wrong, and then he, he locks them down. And uh, it's a lot of work. And if you haven't done it properly, it can also be a major, major impediment to rankings and, um, well, business, quite frankly. <laughs> yep. it's, it's devastating so and make the, sure the, the other thing I would talk talk about when we're talking about setting up the site say analytics if you're launching a brand new site there is no reason at this point in time not to launch it as a secure site go ahead and get that secure certificate right. launch it as HTTPS make sure it's initially built as a secure site and that's going to be helpful to you and it's going to help your SEO as well and that can be tricky as well so um uh, you know, perhaps hire someone to help you with that component. Um, HTTPS can be straightforward, but uh, there are issues that appear, and it can be a bit tough to uh, read through some of the geekery online about it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a geeky topic, that is for sure. <laughs> yes, uh, even for me, I go, oh my god, okay, I gotta go research this. No, anyway, um, yeah, even for me, what can I say? Eh. <laughs> but, but then again, let's let's go back to what we said a while ago, and, and when we first started talking about this, right after you develop your goals and you understand what your website is going to do for your business. Hire your SEO at that point. <laughs> I'm just yes. going to go back to that. That if you at all possible, that's when you want your SEO involved. Yeah, and, and if you heard you heard that when we first said that, you probably thought, "Oh boy, they're biased." After listening to all this, do you still think that way? <laughs> I think you agree. There's a lot to this, to creating yeah. that site, and 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 it's hard for us to keep on top of it sometimes. So. Uh, and notice we didn't even get to the point where we're talking about you know optimizing content, writing meta tags, and 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 no, we didn't. you know. That, that's we're not even close to that yet. This is all the stuff that you're doing as you're preparing to launch your site, build your site. So th there's there's a lot of room for error here that's going to impact you long term from an SEO standpoint, which is why you should get somebody knowledgeable involved at this point. Perfect. Well, I think that's it. On behalf of myself, Russ Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Local, 
thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101, just as Dave Barbush did. Thank you, Dave. You can also email me via Ross at stepforth.com or reach John via Twitter at John Carcutt. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday on cranberry.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 